A wet towel hung from the ship's hull, convoluted and dripping. Bottles and sardine cans impudently littered the floor in emptied splendor, tinkling a glassy metallic refrain as the seafaring vessel bobbed through the waves. I denounce the drink and all such bitter tableaus. The captain shimmied his shape, shrugged his breeches to his ankles, and partook of a wicked overboard piss. Starting three weeks from next someday. <laughs> the boat keened angrily and swayed harshly to one side, which is where the captain fell on his side. Retribution, swift stamina, embarrassing wit were his whole aspect. A solid indigo buttress of the sea viciously smote the ship's starboard bow. Oh, how it smoked. Till man and sardines and empty bottles reeled and rolled and canoodled beneath the wind's hearty chuckle. Whenever he found himself growing grim about the mouth, whenever it became a damp, drizzly November in his pitiless soul, the fishermen figured it high time to head out. While some might throw themselves upon their sword, he quietly took to his ship. The captain bellowed into the breach as the waters around him convulsed. Have your vicious way with me. My ship, a cork. It was while sluicing through these molesting waters, where the waves rolled by like puffy Hillsbury crescents, their soft, suffusing, swelled seethings, suddenly parting in a silvery jet. And then, all at once, the rude sea calmed to the dulcet sounds of a melody long ago written for a now-forgotten seventh sense, one that resided somewhere between experience and wonder. The hard scrabble captain struggled to his feet, listening with a cynical ear. He felt no terror, rather he felt pleasure, though the interruption had come at a most unwanted hour, that of the happy variety. Walking the deck with quick, side-lunging, crackly kneed strides, he hovered near the bow and watched the red-haired siren break through the water's surface, coughing loudly. <coughs> It was actually more of a sputtered hacking, very unladylike, but this was no ordinary lady, the captain quickly noted, 
even in his current state. There she blows! No. She held up a hand in stern warning. You straddle a cliché, fisherman. That's Captain to you, ma'am. In one fluid motion, the mermaid bucked her rear fin and flopped into the boat at an unfortunate rate of speed. She slid to a stop in the center of the deck with all the grace of a bucket of fish being dumped onto a filleting slab. Ouch! She rubbed her head. Looks like the lady needs some practice with her dismount. With her eyebrow and back arched in unison, a melodious cry escaped her. One so impressive, so deliriously exciting, that the captain instinctively desired a mounting of his own. Of himself, onto herself, obviously. Although, with that scaly underbelly, he wasn't exactly sure how he would gain entrance to her fleshy fishy parts, without being shredded to bits. The mermaid watched him bend to check her lower half as she lounged, her tail flapping the deck with a wet smack. Hmm. Ponder no more, fisherman. I have no lower orifice with which you may contend. Have you not gutted enough fish in your time to know that? Oh, Poseidon, help me. A pair of exposed tits will distract any man from the obvious, will they not? What do you expect when you display them front and center? All is not surface, or so I'm told. Her tone seemed aggrieved, but the way she traced her bare nipples with her fingers as she spoke led the captain to believe she had brought ulterior motives aboard with her. You do not rouse me, sea wench. You and all manner of Cyrenia with your wicked watery ways. Are you here to foretell disaster or provoke it? Before you answer, you should know that my blood is currently 100 proof. Thus, I am beyond enticement. The mermaid's gaze slid from his face to his lower half. The tent in his breeches told a contradictory tale. Yeah, I pay that no mind. Tis but an involuntary reaction. By no means indicative of anything other blah, than... Blah, blah, bloody, blah, bloody, blah, bloody, blah. By chicken of the sea, I believe you are blathering. And quite unconvincingly at that. I am merely here to warn you that bad weather approaches. Lady, I'm less concerned about bad weather than I am of drinking steroid-filled milk. He leaned over the bow and watched the strange forms in the water beneath them dart hither and thither, condemned each of them to swim on everlastingly, forever bound to the sea. Around them, the water heaved restlessly, as if its vast tides were his conscience. Okay, so I lied. Well, fancy that. Most of us do the bulk of our lying to ourselves. May I tell you why I'm really here? May I sit and sip my sup while you tell it? The captain slid down next to her and grabbed an almost empty bottle, unscrewing its top. Hmm, this little trip of yours seems less an adventurous change in longitude and latitude than the final journey an animal makes when he wanders into the woods to die, alone. I'm too far into my story to change the main plot now. Best I can do is finagle a distracting subplot. He swallowed the dregs and then tossed the bottle overboard. The mermaid scowled, much more scowly this time. Bottles do not belong in the sea unless they contain a note. 
Only then can the promise of limitless possibility make up for such a boorish offense. The captain sighed grudgingly before he grabbed a net with a long pole and then spent the better part of the next 15 minutes trying to fish the bottle from the grumpy sea. When finally he slid back to a sitting position and levered the pole back into the boat, the bottle secure in its netting, the mermaid chirped happily. You're a cheap date. She was quiet for a time, staring toward the horizon as the wind picked up and the boat sharply bowed to a watery blast. The vessel gored the waves, sending foam splashing on all sides. May I? The mermaid asked, pointing to his midsection and the still unresolved proverbial chaff. Do your visits generally include happy endings? No, but I'd like to anyway. Try everything once, they say. They also say love is blind, and what you see is what you get. Idioms are for idiots, and they are uninformed dunderheads bent on perpetrating- Oh god, okay jeez, all you had to say was no, old man. Ah hell, don't get all wounded and prickly. I was just kidding. Go ahead, knock yourself out. He jumped up. Wait! Well, jumped might be playing it fast and loose with the description of a movement that was more akin to a slow scuttle. Picture the urgency of O.J.'s slow-speed bronco chase, but the vehicle in question is a man of less than tender years, and his knees aren't what they used to be. Nonetheless, he fetched a fresh bottle of rum, returned to the deck, and sat down beside the sultry siren. Through his temporary apprehension, he derived a wondrous potency from the contrasting bluster of the weather in which there lurked a devilish charm, as a backdrop to the charming mermaid presently sliding her hand under the waistband of his breeches. The captain quietly eyed her, bent on narrowly observing so curious a creature who was speaking to him in a nature where no hypocrisy or deceit resided. By dint of much wriggling and loud, incessant, salty exultations, she succeeded in extracting a grunt from the captain. Finally, she drew back, shook herself all over like a wet dog, and then sat up. She stared at the captain and rubbed her eyes, as if she did not altogether remember how they both came to be there. Explain yourself, siren, the captain demanded mightily, oh so bloody mightily, himself unsure of what had just transpired. With an impressive thump, the mermaid beat her tail, pistoning up and over the side of the boat in an instant, leaving tiny, ever-expanding circles as she penetrated the water. Moments later, she resurfaced and took a deep lungful of air before offering her explanation. Trying to see anyone is like oysters observing the sun through brackish water and presuming the water is as transparent as thin air. The captain started to say something, but then he thought better of it. His natural inclination in situations like these was to reach for the quickest series of words that would end the conversation with an easy laugh. Oh, fisherman. Don't you understand? Sometimes it's just a hand job. Sometimes it's not. But that will always be entirely up to you. 
I climbed out of the recliner and felt my way across the room as the banging on the door continued. I couldn't decide if the mermaid was Carla or a metaphorical representation of my love for the drink, but figured the scotch consumption combined with an unfortunate tuna sandwich at midnight, along with the Melville reference the previous day, had all played a part in the unsettling dream. Here's the problem. I can see in my dreams. This isn't exactly a plus, because as soon as I wake up, I'm reminded I can't. Kind of a shitty way to start the day. Regretful, irritated, missing something I always took for granted. Hey, Morneau. Hey, kid. What are you doing out so early? You alone? It's ten after one, and yes, I'm alone. You need a shower. Add it to the list of things that won't get done today. I slid along the wall and into the kitchen, grabbed a beer, and headed back to the recliner. The plan was to spend the day before surgery doing a whole lot of nothing. Apparently, the kid had other plans. Carla called to ask if I would give you a lesson with the phone. She wanted you to be able to contact her in an emergency. I already loaded some apps. When did you get this call, kid? 9.17 this morning. She was on her way out of town. She warned me not to come by before noon. Very gracious of her. I was feeling less than gracious toward Carla, given she'd left town without bothering to tell me. Are you ready? Sure, kid. Let's take a spin on the blind technology superhighway. Looking forward to learning a whole bunch of crap I couldn't give a rat's ass about to ease the mind of my absent secretary. Are you two in a fight? Fight is our default setting, kid. Just give me the basics. I can't promise my charming mood will hold for long. Carla said you get frustrated easy, so I only set up what you need. The voice-to-text program, an email reader, and an app to get audiobooks. She said you really like to read. How could she do that from where she was? Make me feel guilty. Right now, Carla was probably wandering around Reed City, gleefully unearthing local skeletons. When she was done with that, she'd toss them over her shoulder and traipse them around for a piece, make sure everyone in town got a peek. Carla isn't good at working on the down low. She isn't good at doing anything on the down low, far as I can see. She is very likely the gal for whom the phrase, go bold or go home, was fashioned. It is also likely that whoever did the fashioning understood the latter would always be taken by its subject as a mere suggestion. I must have been quiet for too long because the kid took my silence as an invitation. Do you love Carla Morneau? If that's the password for my phone, it's too long. Stick with something easy like B-E-E-R. It's just a word, Morneau. I'm not asking you to describe your feelings. I don't like that word, feelings. As a general rule, I don't like having them. But on the odd occasion I do, I don't like people asking about them. They're mine. None of anyone's damn business. And I strongly believe the world would be closer to utopia if everyone was legally required to labor under that principle. I bet you get constipated a lot. Let's move that discussion we're supposed to have about jarring conversational transitions further up the to-do list, kid. I bet your insides are like bricks. You need to relax. Try meditation. I do yoga once a week at school. It's relaxing. I haven't shit solid in years, so you can rest easy knowing my lines aren't clogged. It's one of the benefits of being a drunk, but I appreciate the concern. 
Anything else you want to discuss about my bowel movements before you show me how to use the damn phone? Eh, the kid was a pretty good teacher, given I'd never once jabbed one of those little screens myself. Eh, the entire sum of my experience with iPhones was watching Carla fondle hers into daily submission. Once I was no longer privy to this visual molestation of her preferred method of communication, I was left with beeps, swishes, and irritating clicks. And things like Carla asking the disembodied voice on the other end such charmers as, Siri, where are the ten most popular places to dispose of a body in winter? I found this on the web. And let's talk about its construction for a moment. As a phone, the thing's a nuisance. The design is horrible. It's flat and doesn't feel right against the ear. And I don't like how there aren't any actual buttons. But the kid explained the layout, taught me how the screen was basically a 4x4 grid of little invisible square buttons. And when you tapped anywhere, a voice read, Eat function aloud. Make a call, text messaging, 97% battery power, settings. The creepy female computer voice fired these off at a rapid clip with each jab of my finger. Jeez, kid, her voice is horrible. Why does she sound like a chipmunk? All this technology, and they couldn't come up with something better than that? Go to settings under general and tap near the top. A toggle will appear and you can adjust the speaking rate by swiping your finger left or right. Where the hell's the toggle? I played with that for about 10 minutes, adjusting the speed and tone of voice to something more amenable. Now my gal speaks at a rate that suggests she has nothing better to do but watch the slow trickle of her hopes and dreams circling the shitter. And she might have had a stroke somewhere along the line. The kid explained how I could say send a text or send an email and the appropriate application would be engaged. Then I could call up the recipient. Dearest Carla, when you can eke out a quiet moment, would it be too much of an imposition to ask you to phone me? At your earliest possible convenience, of course. Far be it from me to get in the way of Carla Danning busting a murder case wide open while simultaneously alienating every law enforcement entity within a hundred mile radius. The phone read back my verbal transcription with all the flair of a bored housewife instructing her ineffectual lover that he might want to venture a bit higher if he hoped to effectively complete the task at hand. I instructed my new assistant, one I could count on to do my bidding with strict accuracy, to send the email. Next, the kid showed me how to text, which was basically the same as emailing and based on the same list of contacts. I only had five. Carla, the kid, the meanwhile, Lash, and Muggs's house. Who is this? My bored housewife asked after I sent Muggs a text that read, I have finally found a woman I can hold in involuntary servitude, and she can be turned off at will. Text more no, you sexy beast. I just wanted to hear Lady Apathy say it, and judging by the chuckling next to me, the kid found it equally amusing. It wasn't until Muggs replied with, You having some sort of fit? Did it occur to me that I'd just made a pass at him? He didn't have the benefit of my lazy stroke-addled gal doing the narration. Playing with my new phone, over and out. Pick you up tomorrow at 6.30. That's a.m. My lethargic glass sounded like she wasn't all that jazzed about it. I couldn't blame her. Neither was I. 
See, it's easy once you get the hang of it. You have to rely on audio cues so it might take some time to adjust. And the screen's touchy. Think of it more like a computer than a phone. You can get almost any piece of information you want if you know where to look for it. Want me to teach you how to surf the net? I'd rather gnaw on a wet sneaker, kid. Speaking of which, why don't you go forage around in the kitchen and rustle us up some grub? I'm hungry. Morno, I can't tell what most of this is and I don't like the stuff I can smell. What's with all the cheese? Are you sure this is still good? It stinks. With cheese, the worse it smells, the better it tastes. Come on, there's a cafeteria down at the center. They have good Kung Pao chicken. I don't want Kung Pao chicken or anything else. I have to venture further than my kitchen to procure. They usually have Salisbury steak too. Meatloaf, barbecue chicken. Yeah, you go ahead, kid. I'll be fine. Carla said I had to get you out of the house for at least an hour. I promised I would. Uh, Carla says a lot of things. You have my permission to ignore any or all of them as you see fit. That's how I make it through the day. I promised. Then let this be a lesson. Never make promises based on the requirement of another to act. You'll get screwed every time. Call Carla. No thanks. Morno. Morno won't leave the house, I'm sorry. Get your sorry ass out of that recliner and go for a walk. You're telling on me? I thought we were friends, kid. I assume lying around with your hand down your boxers all day is at the top of your agenda, but it won't kill you to get out and get some fresh air. Where are you? Reed City. And what are you doing in Reed City, Carla? Big picture, I mean. No need to outline your every irritating endeavor, as I assume it's a long and varied list that includes, but is not limited to, chapping the ass of anyone who has the misfortune to enter your personal space. Well, right now I'm watching the city clerk copy three years' worth of city council meeting minutes from the early 80s, and she's not all that pleased about it. But that's unfortunate, given the freedom of information request I provided clearly states that she is obligated to provide me with any and all information I require, even if that means she has to take a late lunch. Carla, why doesn't any of the research you're doing sound like it has anything to do with the hotel or Sims? Because it doesn't. Sims is locked up. We know what his deal is. As far as that hotel, it's mine. And I'll let it molder there for eternity before I let that goddamn plant make it into a parking lot. Ah, that's my girl. Burning bridges wherever she goes. Shut up and go put your pants on. Take the kid out to lunch. I'd like to make sure happy hour isn't an all-day affair because you have surgery tomorrow, remember? And no eating or drinking after midnight. Carla, all the world is midnight to me now. The world's been dark for so long the shadows can't even find you. Now go put something in your fucking stomach.